0: This is Werewolf the Podcast, a podcast about the role playing game Werewolf the Apocalypse.
1: D20 Radio, where gamers roll. you heard of high-level games if you're a content creator looking to make your dream a reality you need high-level games high-level games does layout editing and development support such as kickstarter and more even if you're not a creator and just want to enhance your game with exciting new supplements go to highlevelgames.ca and check out dark new england for v20 high-level games we want to help you level up your role-playing game highlevelgames.ca
0: Welcome to another episode of Werewolf the Podcast. Today, today, Carrie is back.
1: (laughs) I feel like every other episode, it's like, and she's back.
0: But that's okay. I'm so excited (laughs) to be talking to you and doing a book review again. While I love other folks that have joined us on the podcast and have done some great conversations with people, uh, it is the best having you here. Uh, and in the studio, as it were, doing Aww, it's an episode. so nice so... to have
1: a podcast that likes me.
0: <laughs> there is another podcast you're on. I can't remember the name of it,
1: mm-hmm. but, you
0: know, those guys. Yeah, on a roll? Uh, on a roll, they Ooh. are. What? You are on a roll. I am. I'm, hey. I'm
1: on something.
0: Season four now?
1: I'm on too many podcasts.
0: <laughs>
1: I have to Maybe. put one back.
0: <laughs> put it back on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> On that note, today we are talking about the breed book, the changing breed book, Ananasi. Not a segue. I don't know where I was going with that, but we're talking about spiders.
1: <laughs> oh, I've got, a, I've got a segue. Go. Okay. So I was in my studio and I was making art because that's what I do. And then I realized that last year I had a mama spider in my studio. And she left me some presents. Oh no. Yeah. And I thought I dealt with it last year, but I think one of the presents grew up and has now left me more presents. So I have an infestation of baby spiders, itty bitty, like I actually have a hard time seeing them. Baby spiders all over my studio that come down in front of my face when I'm doing art, while I'm streaming. So all of my streamers get to see me flail around. It's the worst.
0: That sounds terrible. And that's Bef- why
1: this breed is the worst.
0: Yeah. Before we go any further, <clears throat> content warning. If you are arachnophobic, <laughs> this is going to be on, like, all of the posts. But if you're arachnophobic, don't listen to this episode. Yeah. Because we're going to be talking about creepy crawlies, because that's a thing. Yeah. 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 So Breedbook Ananasi came out in the year 2000. It was written by Brett Brooks and James A. Moore, developed by Ethan Skemp, edited by Eileen E. Miles, art by Jeff Holt, Steve Prescott, Jeff Rebner, Ron Spencer, Ryan Sook, and Melissa Uran. The comic book art is by Leif Jones and Alex Shakeman, and the back cover art is by Steve Prescott so we usually start with a cover yeah our cover conversations are always a little weird when it comes to one of these books because it's just the the breed symbol and the name but what are your thoughts on the cover carrie
1: uh well you and i have had the discussion that the the glyph is wonderful they use the Mm -hmm. werewolf glyph for the ananasi is wonderful because it's just four claw marks made to look like legs like a a spider and Mm -hmm. it's wonderful um what I actually want to talk about with the cover is the, their color choice.
0: Mm-hmm. I hate it. Okay.
1: I hate it. Well, okay. So they just went with red. Yep. For, for the glyph and they've got like in red and gray is the color of the, the actual title. And that's not the problem. The problem is they're having to work within the confines of that white and beige that they're using on all of the, of the breed books. And it doesn't work. Like it's aggressive, but not in like a good, like, Oh, they're aggressive kind of way. It's more like, I, I don't know. It, it just, it sits on top of the, that white, not, it, it doesn't feel like it's part of the book and it's just not pleasant to look at.
0: Yeah. I don't totally disagree with that. I think they took the cover color and there's a reference to it in the comic that I think they're trying to link to. Maybe, but I think it's such a <laughs> poor link that it doesn't come through super obviously. I don't hate this cover, but I'm kind of you know, I hear what you're well, saying.
1: I also think that they um, uh, unfortunately, the Ananasi fall under the uh, the the vampire cover you know like and so they're like well what colors are, are vampire and they're well we can't use purple but sometimes you know spiders have red eyes so let's do that and it just felt really kind of forced but i think the whole vampire thing is forced in this whole book
0: though, yeah so yeah we'll, we'll get into that yeah, i have because i have there. opinions
1: on this whole book
0: yeah no yeah. weird <laughs> strange that so that's weird. why we're doing a podcast because we have opinions on these things so we uh, we get a comic at the beginning of this. I think it's interesting continuation of that theme. It starts color. It goes black and white. It's a, a first change story about an Ananasi. It dives into some of their like uh, emotion issues. Back, I'm going to back up for a second. <laughs> the Ananasi are spider changers, folks. If you haven't picked that up yet, uh, that is who they are. They are... Lots of different things. We're going to talk about that, but they are spider changers. They are the only insectoid type changers in the world of darkness. At we, this we stage. Say,
1: we should say left.
0: Yes, exactly. Dun, dun, dun. And at this stage, because in Warwell's 20th anniversary edition, there's another one and I don't want to talk about uh, them ever. But uh, yeah, so we've got spider changers. We get a spider changer first change story in here.
1: I'm going to start with the positive. And I'm going to end with the negative because my negative is always way stronger. I love the art. It's, it's fun. It's wonderful. It's easy to figure out what's going on. I mean, in some of the comic book art that we've had up till now, it's been very like, what? I don't, you know, like I can't tell whose arm is where. And so it's very easy to to figure that out. I believe that they hit every aspect that they need to, to explain what it would be like to go through a first change for a were-spider. That being said, like, this doesn't make me want to play a were-spider. And I feel like that's what the whole point of a, a comic at the beginning of the book should be. You know, it, the, the story is a horror story. I mean, it really is. Mm-hmm. It, it is a story about a girl whose body is changing, in she's losing all of her emotions she and you know in the at the end of it you know spoilers she eats her mom well you know and doesn't care right like to me that story is what a hunter goes and investigates not right. what you play
0: right yeah it strikes me as a story that I get where they're going with it but I actually also don't understand why she eats her mother Like, it doesn't seem connected. It seems to come out of nowhere. And I'm kind of like, okay, she's hungry. She needs blood. Why couldn't she eat a neighborhood dog? Because there's no difference for them if it's human blood or animal blood or anything like that.
1: But sometimes it does. Sometimes it does matter. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. But she's not mad at her mom. And that's kind of the thing that I'm like, if there was at least some like angst between the two of them to set this like up, then well, maybe I think it that's
1: what they were trying to show. Like there's just no emotion there. She doesn't care who it was. And to me, that's not a good PC. That's not a good player character. Right. Because if you are completely emotionless, you have no connection to the rest of the of the player characters. And then what are you doing? Yeah. You're not part of a party.
0: Right. And the emotion thing that they they kind of try and and sell that to us throughout this book, but they don't ever hit it very well. And sometimes they're like, there are Ananasi with emotions, but most of them are emotionless. And it's like, why would you have this deep culture and all of these connections and things if you have absolutely no emotional connection to each other? It, It, that just falls flat. And I ignore that almost always when I, have them in my games they have emotions this emotionless thing doesn't right. make sense but,
1: but if you're staying by genre they don't yep. and they it, it is it makes it very difficult to have them be anything but monsters that yep. other things are fighting
0: Yep, for sure so that's our initial thoughts and our <laughs> thoughts on the story that said I really like the framing for the book after that that you get in the introduction and you get throughout this book that framing being there's a meeting of wear spiders that they're training a bunch of new wear spiders laughing many skins invades that training session which i love him so whenever he shows up i'm happy to you know see him again or you know read about him again and
1: that's all good But what made what made me really happy about about him showing up is it connects those books to all the other books that he shows up in and because the Ananasi are super like, we're better than everyone else. I mean, like, really, this whole book is them just. Screening and talking about how they're smarter than everyone else and they know more and they've, they've got everything. They're the ones manipulating everything. So it is nice in a overall world of darkness, werewolf universe to see that they're not and that they do get tricked. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, the story they use him in, Laughing Many Skins, is atrocious. And again, just solidifies the idea that these are monsters that shouldn't be p- players players should not be able to play them yep. like i don't think i could ever run a game with one of them as a pc after reading this book
0: as written i actually agree with you because absolutely they read as a strong antagonist and if this was written as an antagonist book oh. i would be like 100 percent. these are a great antagonist for the werewolves yes. build them in cool no disagreement. Okay. How do you feel about the lexicon? I know that's a weird question, but I think you have opinions on it.
1: I, I always have opinions on lexicon. Okay. So I love having them. Mm-hmm. And I love that it's at the beginning of the book. Right. I, I do. Because unfortunately, I had to read this book as a PDF. I wasn't able to just easily flip back to it to see what the hell I was reading about. Because they all have funky names. Yeah. And I don't know if they're names from another language. Because sometimes White Wolf will take names from other languages. And then other times they just make up stuff. And so, like, I always have to be careful because I'm always like, bah, I hit you. And then someone else will be like, um, culturally, that's from this place. You shouldn't. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I just can't pronounce anything, you know. Um, so, so that all being said, like, I, I'm very glad they have it. But again, like it was how many different ways can they spell Ananasi by changing one letter to make it mean something or someone completely different? And I was just like, I don't even know who I'm reading about. Anna, Anna. It's just, they're all Annas, you know, like, because I don't know.
0: So so I'll touch on that real quick. So yes, I hear you. So the Ananasi are the the breed, Ananasa is the queen of the spider changers who is trapped in a. The opal. Crystal, in a, yeah, an opal. That's right. I was going to say a crystal, but you're right. An opal prison in the worm's den that is protected by some of the weaver's threads
1: or Sora, something. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: So there's those two. And, and then. The third is uh, a guy. Yes. Anansi is a traditional African trickster spirit who is at the root of the name because he he is where the name comes from because of his connection to spiders and everything like that. All right. So if you read um, American Gods or see the TV show or read Anansi Boys, that character is who these spiders, at least the naming convention for them is based on. But then they go in a completely different direction culturally for the rest of it. Like there's not, There is a connection to Africa here that they do link into, but it's proto-Africa. It's like when humanity left Africa, that connection, hundreds of thousands of years ago, that is the connection the Ananasi have with Africa, rather than a modern day connection, which is interesting. I wish they had kept that connection to Africa, because then there at least would have been some cultural things that we could have kind of grabbed on to but they go in a totally different direction which is also makes them more universal because spiders are everywhere including mount everest which they tell us but not antarctica unless they've come with humans to live in antarctica so so there anyway yeah that ramble leads us into Ah! chapter one Mm -hmm. which is the background chapter you know all of the history and so forth and the creation myth and i'll be honest i skimmed it Because I've read it a whole bunch of times.
1: Yeah. But there's (laughs) there's
0: good stuff in here. But I've also read this type of story over and over again.
1: I would like to, to just make a note that I adore all of the chapter head arts. Yes. Like the page. It feels very old school White Wolf first edition vampire. Yep. And I love it. Like everyone's got giant eyebrows i love it so much
0: (laughs) i like it it, and they're all telling stories exactly because they tell you a story in those images and they're from all over the world which is fun too like you get to see oh here's an indian story that is happening with these Mm -hmm. uh, um these characters and so you could build them into there really easily there's a japanese story happening later on in here and you're like okay i can build that into a bigger story Those things are really cool. They're helpful. I agree with you. So 100% that the art throughout this book, I think, is really, really good. But again, if you're an arachnophobe, don't pick this book up (laughs) because they're everywhere, literally and figuratively. I like what we get in this introduction and this history because we learn things we don't know in anything else. There are stuff here that you do not hear about anywhere else. Like, yes, absolutely like the insect races there are changing breeds that were insects that were a really big thing that the Ananasi kill and destroy this is except
1: the... for moths right yeah the whole moth thing was really wacky like and I was just like I feel like they were go either what either somebody that was writing this book really disliked moths or, or, like, I feel like they were leaving a door open for something, and I don't know that they ever did anything else with it.
0: Yeah, I don't think they did. I think that's that could be a hook if someone wants to go out there and do something in the storyteller's vault, they could write oh,
1: that. How could you not do Mothman?
0: Right. W- which might have been the reference. Maybe. I don't know. That's a good oh. question. Yeah. The thing that's cool about it is... If this is the first time you're reading this book, I think you're going to really enjoy this history because it's giving you new things. The only problem is once you've read one of these changing breed histories, it gets really dull reading more and more of them. Like as good as this is, I just I struggle to get through it now.
1: Okay, I'm going to be honest. This is my first time reading this book all the way through. Mm -hmm. And so I actually I did. I enjoyed this this section quite a bit but it's because the Ananasi you know they they claim uh that they had their fingers in everything right more so than any other changing breed I think I've ever read right and but their views on a lot of things from the very beginning are very different like they believe that the triad is above Gaia right and like, that is not the case for most of the other changing breeds. Right. And um, I actually think that's probably, that makes the most sense.
0: And it's probably where I got that idea from. Because Maybe. for years I was like, clearly the triad are above Gaia. And then I read a bunch of these books and was like, I guess not. Maybe no. I just misread that. And then I'm like, <laughs> oh, the spiders, the spiders there know.
1: Um, <clears throat> like, and I thought it was interesting that the weaver is responsible for life. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else, there were some, um, the wild created the first, a bunch of the first uh, shifters, all the other where creatures, not Gaia. And like, it It was just very, it, it, I couldn't tell if it was the, the Ananasi just wanting to put their own spin on it and be in control, or if I'm going, or if it was like, oh no, they know, They do know what's going on. I,
0: and oh. I think that's the goal is they want you to question that because yeah. the way this is written is very authoritatively in a way that makes me, when I was reading it go, they have a lot more stuff in here. They like, they know a lot more concretely than the other changing reads kind of just make guesses at or have mythology about. The way this is written makes you think this is it, this is true. And of course it isn't necessarily. It's all that unreliable narrator element, but the universe started with the worm according to the Ananasi. And that is an interesting metaphysical thing as well. Like yeah. there's lots of little tidbits in here that I think are really interesting for people that want to dive into. Maybe I'm going to display the world of darkness or the world of the Garu differently to them through this lens. One thing that I just noticed as I'm flipping through the Ovid is the word that the Ananasi used for all the other changers. Yeah. I don't know why it might be a reference to Greek myth or to Greek poetry, but Ovid are, I guess, are the pharaoh.
1: Yes. Because they couldn't just use pharaoh.
0: Right. Which would have been fine. It would have been totally okay if they some, did that. Some
1: of this stuff is okay to have crossover. Like, urgh. Yeah. We we were talking about I I mentioned that it was frustrating that they they took credit for everything and I like I just want to like in this in this book they take credit for ending slavery in America like yeah like it's just a lot yeah it feels like they're 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 putting gold stars up on a chart and we did this and we did this and we're responsible for this and it's just weird
0: yeah they, they definitely want to take credit for a lot of things which maybe they deserve that credit but it feels very vampire to yes! me Yes. so that is a critique i'm gonna say of the ananasi as a whole from a design perspective there's almost nothing different between them and the zemisi slash the toreador like, they scream to me as a mishmash of those two vampire clans, and that's a shame because they they should be interesting on their own, but they read so much like a blend of those two.
1: It really felt like they were designed so that vampire players would want to play werewolf. Right. You know, when you read, for me anyway, when I read it, I didn't think of a clan specifically. I just thought, oh, these are elder vampires manipulating the city around them because they're bored. Right. And, you know, I, I would much rather my vampire players who come and play werewolf play Shadow Lords.
0: Yeah, <laughs> right. No, I agree with you on yeah. that because th- there's a lot of connections there, pro- particularly <laughs> with the political elements of Garu society where you can be like, that's sort of a, a better venue for you to get a feel for the game yeah it's not a perfect analogy but it's still better than the Ananasi which feel like they're almost too on the nose of of that connection yeah Um, particularly because mechanically they drink blood they don't have rage they don't have uh, I don't think they have maybe they have gnosis but
1: okay so they have gnosis because there's some gifts that they have to spend gnosis they never address gnosis in this book
0: not not in the actual text of it they just
1: it mechanically they right, talk about it
0: right which is weird <laughs> like either have it's fine to have multiple spendable resources obviously werewolf has that problem anyway but mm-hmm. it's weird not to at least talk about their spiritual connection when everything else is designed around not needing or using well,
1: that yeah because they make a really big deal in their history that they are not gaias right but that's where the gnosis kind of comes from. And yeah. yeah, it gets, it gets weird.
0: Yeah. they're still half spirit changers. You know what I mean? Like they still, in some ways as written are fera, but again, mm-hmm. they present themselves super differently. So one of the interesting things too, and this jumps through chapters, but they have three different aspects. They believe that they are, in charge of taking over for the wild Weaver and Worm because none of the Triad are doing their jobs.
1: I mean, to be fair,
0: they're right, but that <laughs> is they believe. Hey, we are supposed to be doing that job, okay? Like, not sure who put you in charge, but the Queen. I, the, their the queen, queen did. Queen
1: did, but I. Mm.
0: Okay, I'm just, look,
1: I'm just saying. <laughs> in this story, they believe that the Queen Queen Mother. No, that's england's queen that's uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the queen, Elizabeth. <laughs> that queen elizabeth's mother was the queen mother
1: oh yeah yeah um <laughs> uh, who was an ananasi no wait no no <laughs> no uh, what? what yeah um they believe that their their mama who's in the opal decided hey this is all jacked up i can't trust any of these three knuckleheads in the triad we're taking over And I'm randomly going to assign you the weaver, the wild, or the worm. It doesn't matter what you were before in life because this is what you do now. And if you don't do exactly what I tell you, I'm going to have everyone come eat you.
0: Yeah. And literally, like, that's in the litany that you will do exactly what I tell you to do. And then there are multiple, like, creatures that come and eat the Ananasi. So, (laughs) literal. Um, Okay, so we've got the three who are aspected and they have names. Uh, if you want to know those names, go look them up. But there are lots of them. Because, yeah,
1: it, because, because the problem is not only are there the weaver, the wild, and the worm, but underneath those, there are three aspects.
0: Yeah, there's a those. wild weaver and worm aspect of each aspect. Mm-hmm great but wow that is so into the weeds it's worse than the macaulay who i thought were bad for like <laughs> hey we have way too many aspects for no good reason like it's exhausting yes. to be like i'm a cur myrmidon or whatever the you know various things are or tenere all, you know they thing. all
1: kind of sound like muppet names
0: they do all sound like muppet names yeah yeah mm. So chapter two, any, any thoughts on chapter one before we move on into chapter no, two? No. <laughs> okay. okay, chapter two is looking at more of like the culture of the Ananasi. So we've kind of moved into that talking about the different elements of the, the Ananasi. We get information on the Siles, which one thing I'll really like about the lexicon in this book is it gives you a pronunciation guide. Yes which yes. I was super happy about when I saw that. I was like, thank you. Because I've always said Seely because it's spelled S-Y-L-I-E. And then I read in the book today, Siley. And I was like, oh, I've been mispronouncing that all this time. And that's super helpful to know because now I can, you know, call it out.
1: Is my studio one? It might be. Maybe that's what's going on. Oh, no, that's not good.
0: I'm sorry for you, Carrie. But at this point, you yeah, need no. to burn the place down. <laughs>
1: Oh my god. No, like in the like I have like spider bites on me, like for real.
0: Ow, Look at oh that. no. I'm ah. showing
1: him. Like spider like they 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 just attack me. It's awful.
0: That that is horrible. Uh-huh. And you get an exterminator. I don't know if an exterminator can do anything for spiders, but
1: I, I'm sure they could, but you know, I'm poor. I'm doing a podcast. I yep. don't have money.
0: <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. So, we were talking before about the enemies of the Ananasi. And one of them is exterminators. No, um, one of them is the Padron. And this is a really interesting idea that there's this specific special type of spider creature monster that hunts Ananasi for some reason. Has another, like a fifth form because Ananasi only have four forms. But-
1: Oh, is that like the, is that where like they go crazy and they can infect each other? To become the monster?
0: No, I don't think so. Me, I think I think that's the other one, right? Yeah,
1: and that's the thing is they've all got like other kind of wacky, you know. Oh no, there's nothing is different except for this exception and this exception and that exception.
0: Because you've also got the kumo and the kumatai, and I think the kumatai are the ones that you're thinking of that, okay, like infect each other mentally and kind of cause problems. Yeah, but what's weird about that is the Kumo are just in Japan and they're trying to make an anime reference by saying all the spider changers in anime are evil and all right, fine. But, uh, but, and then the Kumatai have a, I think African connection, but again, to me, it felt kind of weird. Like, okay, like there's a story hook here, but I don't understand what I'm supposed to do with it. Like right. you want me to be running an Ananasi game and then have something hunting them. I get that. Like that mm-hmm. is a clear message. I'm being sold throughout this book that that's the thing that you want. But there are so many things that I can hunt my players with. I don't need three different things. You could just give me one and be like, cool, now I, now I have hunters of my Ananasi. I can do that.
1: I mean, yeah, There, there's so many things. I mean, you could just have it be Naga.
0: Right. It...
1: <laughs> Boom, done, easy.
0: Yep. Not the snakes, snakes and spiders out. fighting amongst each other I know, that's would great. be great. Like it, w- you'd, you've sold me on that idea already, Carrie. See, See? <sighs> they also give this weird little reference to mages are awesome.
1: Yeah, there, there was a lot of mage love in this book. Yeah. A lot. And it felt weird because I would think that being reality breakers would make them not be favorites.
0: Yeah. It's an interesting thing. <clears throat> and thankfully they don't get hedge magic because I would have thrown the book across the like, <laughs> wall or at the wall if it had ha- if they had. But this kind of mage love is an odd thing. It's not bad. But again, if you're looking at this as an antagonist book for your other games, Having them be a vampire antagonist is totally valid and cool. Having them be a mage antagonist is totally valid and cool. Having them be a changeling antagonist, which they're not mentioned in this book, but having them be an antagonist for them would be super neat. Like you can do lots of cool things with that. But again, this is supposed to be a player book for a player group. And it's hard to see them as a good player group.
1: Yeah. Like I couldn't imagine more than one.
0: No, i <laughs> in all the LARPs I've run, I have never had more than one player play an Ananasi. In all the tabletop games that I've played and had players play one, I've never had more than one, period. No, even NPCs like because how do you justify having a colony of them? They talk about colonies in this book, yeah. but I could not imagine people playing them and getting enough people together that would enjoy that. Play I them.
1: would kind of imagine it would be like you got 20 people in a room and they're all just checking their email. Right. And not interacting because they don't care.
0: It would be like a bunch of goths sitting around, but not interacting with each other, just sitting there being goth together. But not
1: even enjoying sitting there together in right. The silence. Right. Right. Because you know what? I'm all for if, if people want to sit around and be enjoy each other's company and not talk, that's great. But they don't feel emotion. So they don't care that they're with someone or alone.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Except for, and this might be a a, a warning, except for when they want to have sex. There's a lot of sex in this book too.
0: Yeah, because a lot
1: of weird spider sex.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there is. Because they also want to make connections to like shibari and like that that's a rope fetish thing for people that don't know um there's references to that in here there's references to like them getting together and being like sexy vampire type folks there's a lot
1: of sexy vampire stuff
0: (laughs) again the problem with that is when you're an emotionless monster why do you care about Mm -hmm. doing any of that you can But why would you, like, what would motivate you to do it?
1: Well, they try to justify it in a couple places by going, this is how you get people under your control. And I'm like, that doesn't make you less of a monster. That makes you more of a monster.
0: Exactly. Um, And it seemed like it distracts from that whole, you're supposed to be taking care of the Weaver Worm and Wiles job. Like,
1: shouldn't that be more of a thing? so okay i want to go back closer to the beginning of this chapter sure. and just point out that their main goal not not just taking over for the triad but their main goal by taking over the triad is to heal the worm right and you know we've talked about this before that's actually the only way that you know gaia is going to be saved right sure is it you, know, you can't destroy the worm because if the worm is destroyed then the world ends you know, you have to have that balance between the three. So, like, I think that the Ananasis, the concept of what they are trying to do is probably one of the most accurate for all the changing breeds. Mm-hmm. But, like, they're so messed up, there is no way they're going to be able to do it. Right. Um. You know, I mean, and maybe that was the point. That's
0: always kind of the point of the changing breeds is that yeah. they're they have this wild, crazy goal or this wild, intense goal and they never can quite get to it. They have a lot of hope, but always fall short. And I get that. But again, what would have been cooler is if they had rage and they had to balance it against wanting to be these plotters and planners. And they had these moments of hunger, maybe. Maybe they should have gotten rage back from feeding on people yeah and when they lose all of their rage they go into a a hunger frenzy which yeah sure is vampire ish but in a cooler more interesting way than i think what we get from the emotionless stuff
1: well i at least the problem is the way they are described in the book is even vampires have emotions right they don't so vampires are even more interesting to play or have in your game, right? Or even interact with than they would be.
0: Yep. Yep. You
1: know, because there's no tricking them. Not really, you right. know, because, you know, unless you're laughing many skins, you know, like there's no tricking them because they don't care. And, and they you see
0: know, so much. Like they're supposed and, yeah. to be super perceptive and all this sort of yeah. stuff. And when you can become a thousand spiders, how easy is it for you to crawl somewhere and like know everything?
1: Yeah. 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 So <clears throat> let's see here. Um, there's a couple references in this book that are um, a little racist. So, um, you know, be aware when you're reading it. Uh, they talk about when they get like one of the, the speakers when they're, they're like, all right, everyone, let's have a powwow. And it was like, oh, no, you don't, you don't get to have those. Yeah. Um, you know, again, this was written in 2000. Um, it's not an excuse, but it is kind of, um, you know, be aware. I don't think that they were trying to be offensive when they say stuff like that, but they do say those things. So have that part of when you, that that hat on when you read this book. Um, there's another part, I'm going to jump ahead, where they can do gender swapping right yeah um and it's not written appropriate for today right um and the same with they have a gift that's called sex appeal yeah and like it only appeals to the people of the opposite sex it was like what no i was like come on sex appeal would screw me all over just (laughs) let it you know like oh no yep they talk about using anything and again I'm jumping ahead but I want to get this over with um they talk about using anything to manipulate to get the outcome they want and they talk about rape yeah like that's just a tool to use or even just implying somebody raped somebody so then gets it all it just don't no. yeah no like that's... even in 2000 that was not good
0: right it uh they're trying to lean into that anime spider bad guy trope thing again. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you don't need to guys. Like you don't, I, I know why you think you should, but don't because no one needs that in your game. Like you don't need those. And
1: if you do need that in your game, get a better game.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: Okay. I'm sorry. I just jumped ahead, but it, it kind of,
0: that's okay. That that it needed to be said. That is yeah. absolutely a context that folks should have if they're going to read this book. I want to touch on something that I do like,
1: yes, which please.
0: is at the end of chapter three and beginning into chapter four, you get information on the different forms of the Ananasi. I love these. The this is information not for a player, but again for an antagonist that I think is really useful and interesting. They've got four forms, right? Mm-hmm. They've got your crawlerling form, which are thousands of little spiders. What I which think is
1: what's neat- in my studio.
0: <laughs> right? What I think is <sighs> neat about them is they get to change the type of spider they are based on how many of a certain type they've eaten, <laughs> which is creepy and weird, but also interesting. Like I think that is an interesting kind of story element.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You've got your pithus form which is, for lack of a better word, your um, your gigantic spider form of whatever mm-hmm. spider you are. That is a giant version of one of them. You have your Lillian form, which, other than being my daughter's name, is also this, like, Loth spider-type, Dryder spider-type form, where you've got a little bit of a human body up there, and the rest of you is spider-like. I think... That is, I think all those forms are really, really interesting. And again, for an antagonist, having those different forms and being able to do those different things with them is cool. That gives me a lot of like of fodder for, hey, werewolves, you also have a delirium to these horrible spider monsters.
1: So my favorite piece of art in the entire book is in that section, Mm -hmm. and it's it's a giant spider bursting out of a manhole cover and the manhole cover is like like he flipped it up into the air Uh, like I I scrolled to that page and I just started laughing because it this book is so heavy and kind of like you know these spiders don't care about anything and there's no emotion and it looks like he's going surprise happy birthday (laughs) it just made me laugh
0: what's really good too is in the physical copy on the page before that is a guy looking at the spider holding a crowbar in his hand and it's he's like oh my gosh what is this thing coming out of the sewer and it adds so much to that image of it just being like ha, i'm here it's
1: wonderful
0: good like from if i if i was if i need stats and mechanics chapter 4 gives you all of that all of that character creation stuff again great stuff for building an antagonist understanding how they work giving you way too many too much information on the aspects again but again if you are a player it actually gives you enough to mm-hmm. understand what your role is and how to do those things but again there's so many different things there but then on page 79 you get bdsm spider dude and good art but clearly there was a theme that they were going for mm-hmm. and i don't know how i feel about that the,
1: the dude's got his nipples pierced and i just keep thinking no spider would be like you know what you know i think that's that's what i want
0: <laughs> right
1: hmm.
0: yeah interesting I mean unless choice. he
1: was using it like as like a a, a uh, spin like to spin his web through it or something like at least if you're going to have it be creative
0: right right no he was
1: just, no. He's just hanging out
0: there wearing a corset you know with his nipples pierced it's yeah
1: and like weird like torture devices hanging from his belt right yeah you're absolutely right though as a piece of art it's wonderful it's, it's balanced really cool
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the um, the composition's very neat but yeah it's like what no I don't want my players to look like that
0: yeah right. <laughs> and
1: but, a LARP.
0: No! <laughs> right? from a mechanical sp- perspective too like some of these merits and flaws are interesting again useful for like a character or like an NPC that you're creating using them same with the gifts like they're all generally like thematic There, you're going to get all the spidery things you, you expect you're going to get from them so i'm happy with all the stuff that's here except some of them go into places they shouldn't go which we already mentioned.
1: Yeah. Um I okay, so I do want to point out just for people, you know, like is it, um all Ananasi follow Ananasi as a totem? Right. They don't get to choose anyone else. Right. Like if you choose another totem, you're out and then all the boogeymen come get you. Right. Like that's that's how it goes. Um and uh they also talk in this chapter about healing. And I thought this was mechanically really interesting. Um, they don't,
0: right? They get no supernatural healing.
1: No, they have to spend blood like a vampire to heal. But it's not just one blood; they have to spend five, which is huge because I think they can only hold ten
0: for aggravated damage. Yes, they get yes, spend.
1: I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm right. talking about act, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And you know, but I mean, you know, if you're fighting a werewolf, that's what you get. Right you know, and, um, I just thought that was, uh, really, uh, the hamstringed yeah. them in a sense that way.
0: Right. So um, you're right. So you can only hold 10 blood. So you spend five to heal one ag, you spend another five to heal one ag. You have to eat like right yeah. now, you maybe maw down on the werewolf there and that's if not going to go over well, you know, yeah. And then you you like, yeah, it creates some weird like mechanical funkiness, like they can heal aggravated damage quicker than anybody else could because they can spend they spend a willpower and five blood.
1: yeah so oh, is that, okay, yeah.
0: It's a lot of effort, but they can do it quick well, a right. lot quicker than anybody else can.
1: In this chapter, they also talk a lot about different um, diseases that can be in the blood, yeah um they mentioned aids a lot in this book
0: yeah well it was a no it's still a big deal i I, yeah. I it's one of those things that i think if they didn't mention it in regard to blood in 2000 it would have stood out as strange not to at least like, i think
1: mentioning it but like every time they were like a disease like aids like i mean it was every time yeah and that was yeah. i i I don't know that it, it just like was really kind of you it, maybe it's more just because it's capitalized in the sentence every time. So it felt like they were like leaning in when they t- every time they said it. But it was a little like, whoa, I get it. Yes. Yeah. Um they also mentioned diabetes, and I don't know why that made me giggle really hard, like this ananasi going, oh my blood sugar's low. Wait, I need a cupcake. Somebody eat a cupcake so I can eat you. Cause I and
0: yeah no I I was teasing my
1: my husband because he's diabetic about that I was like don't eat another cupcake
0: maybe he's an An Anasi maybe that's the problem
1: maybe (laughs) Maybe that's why
0: you have all the spiders (gasps) I'm
1: killing his children
0: (laughs) I have fetishes like other changing breeds do I'm mentioning mentioning this just too well anyway I'm (laughs) mentioning this because I don't understand well they're, why they're called filphots. Like It's a
1: funny word.
0: <laughs> it, it is, and it's a word that, if I'm wrong, maybe I am, but it, as a reference to something similar to the swastika, it's not exactly that, but it is a similar sort of um, image, like oh. symbol. So I don't quite know why they chose that word. Maybe it's a word in another language as well. But odd choice.
1: Okay. I'm going to go out on a limb. And I know I'm probably wrong because White Wolf, every time I go out on a limb and go, that is not what they meant, then it was. And I'm like, oh, you're terrible. Why do I like these games? Stop it. Um, I bet they didn't know what that meant. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to hope anyway. and Because if not... I'm just gonna burn all my books and be done.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm with you. Um,
1: okay, but the cool thing about their fetishes, their their filthot, filthot, mm-hmm. is um, they are all unique. Yes, and that's that. Actually, I thought from a storytelling point was really cool because it is it, it makes everything a little wacky, and none of them are weapons.
0: Yeah, right.
1: And so, like, all of their fetishes are like, I have this phone that's a fetish that can never get robocalls. (laughs) Like, that's it. Like, you know, I have a wardrobe that's a fetish. What does it do? It gives me nice clothes. Right. How, How is that helpful? Right. And that's the kind of stuff I like because it's ridiculous and fun.
0: Yeah, for sure. The next two sections, Appendix one and Appendix two, are ready-made characters, characters of note, and then a, a, effectively a chapter on spiders and how spiders work. Mm-hmm. When this book was published, super useful. Yeah. I'm glad they have had that in there. Both of them are fun. You get uh, basically NPC information for most of the NPCs that have been present in the storytelling section again, yeah cool good useful but that's the book Mm -hmm. and the main thing we've talked about that i keep coming back to is as an antagonist i would have loved i would love i still love because actually if this is if i view this as an antagonist book this is one of my favorite werewolf books because it is a great set of antagonists from a player perspective though I struggle to figure out how I could hand this to a player and say, I want you to play this. In most cases, I would hand this to a player and go, take some inspiration from this and then make a spider that is not like this. Like have emotions. Maybe let's cut down on all these weird aspects and just have a couple. Like those things are, they're not bad necessarily. They're just all together kind of like, Eh. it's more than I need to make them a good like player group
1: yeah the way I read all of this is like they want you all to play spiders right like a group of spiders and it just you would have to have a very specific group of people at your table that all created their characters together and had one goal because if you had If you had five players and they were all playing five different aspects, there would be five different goals.
0: Yep. Yep. And it would be impossible to run that table. Or not well, well, like just no, would not work well. And I think, could you run them as written in this book through like a mini series of like three to five games? Yes. Would my players enjoy that? I don't, I have, I can count on one hand the amount of people I've ever seen play on Ananasi and enjoy it. I actually can count that on one finger. So.
1: <laughs> I have, so I've been LARPing a long, long time. I LARPed in. A, I, I NPC'd in Ananasi once for a vampire game. Mm-hmm. And that was interesting But it was also super tiring because they were like you have no emotion and i'm like "Mm, okay um you know it was it was enjoyable in the sense of i got to check it off my box my list of what i've played in a larp i would never do it again um and i have seen one person play an ananasi in the new uh bns system Mm -hmm. And, but he did not play emotionalist, Right. And, and, you know, he seemed to have fun with it. You know, he, and, but it was just still like, it was really hard to relate to his character, even with him having emotions.
0: Yeah. So it's one of those books that I went back to after having not read it for a long time or relatively long time and went, oh, I know why I liked parts of this book. It gives you a really solid framework on things in the world of darkness you don't get anywhere else. It gives you a really interesting group of antagonists to utilize. Mm-hmm. And it gives you hints and bits and pieces for greater stories that are not related to the Ananasi. Yeah. All of those are really useful. And from a storyteller's perspective, I would tell people to read this book.
1: Yes, absolutely
0: so you know out of spider legs 10 spider legs out of well only eight eight spider legs no out of eight. 10 that's better <laughs> 10 spider legs out of 10 how many spider legs would you give this book Carrie
1: um I am gonna have to break it down into storyteller and player mm-hmm. um as a storyteller I have it, it gave me an idea for a plot that I desperately and it's not even a plot it was just like a, oh that's a cool idea is I desperately want a group of players to find a pot of where honey yes. I don't know what that would do yes but like the idea of that is so great that I'm like I want that so much that being said um as a storyteller I think other storytellers should read this I I would give it eight legs all up in the air
0: yeah yeah Yep. I'm
1: like, I think it is like, for every reason you said, I think it is useful. I think it gives you a different uh, viewpoint on things. It, it is good as a player. I would give it a four. Yeah. Like, I think there are some neat things in there, but I actually think it is more about like, if someone was playing someone who had Ananasi lore, you know, like, like I, it just, no, <laughs> four and that's
0: high yeah i actually agree with you on eight out of ten for storytellers because i think it is this is actually a storyteller book that you should read Mm
1: -hmm.
0: players i'm only going to give it two out of ten Ooh, okay and i know that is harsh and the fact is that changing breeds for w20 gives you everything you need to play them you don't need (laughs) to get this book
1: (laughs) except for the art's good
0: the art is good, which is why it gets two. Okay. Because <laughs> as a player, if you want to look at some cool spider art, this is a great you book. Want to see a spider
1: throwing a manhole cover? Yeah.
0: You get this book or read the comic, which I think is good. Just I I don't quite get all the choices in it, but I think it's a good comic. <laughs> read it, but again, like from a use for players today standpoint, I don't feel like it has a use. From a storyteller's perspective, it does have a use. Storyteller should go and read it so yes that's my take
1: so i have one last complaint okay i don't understand how they wrote an entire book on spiders and then didn't talk about the hancock spiders in chicago
0: not at all right
1: right i've seen it it is creepy like for real there's there's a a large skyscraper in chicago it's the hancock building and there is a colony of spiders that just crawls up and down it instead of going around they crawl all the way up and then all the way down and it is the creepiest damn thing i've ever seen
0: which like the thing with that too is i think that was inspiration for the idea of spider webs in the umbra anyway like that specific building with that idea Mm -hmm. like i think that was a a uh a, like inspiration for that but then they don't mention in this book yeah well one
1: of, one of the uh characters that they playable characters is a um building designer is an architect and, and he's in he's based in Chicago and then they don't mention it. Yeah it's like they went right up to it and then walked away and I was like you chickens well uh,
0: you know choices mm-hmm. De- developer choices back in the day. So I don't know. I don't have anything else to say other than uh, <laughs> spiders are really interesting. I like them. Uh, I uh, like particularly, um, I think that jumping spiders, the the ones that weave webs, are really, really cute and very, very interesting. Like if, like you, sit, if you sit there with a, a set of knitting needles, I've seen my wife sit there with her knitting needles and a, a spider will sit next to her and knit. At the mm-hmm. same time, that is a thing they will do. They are very intelligent. I think they're really interesting. I guess that's my takeaway: is like go find out about real spiders and then make you know your spider changer about them and make them cute and cuddly. I think that's totally a thing you can do. Don't be like the spiders in Carrie's uh, studio.
1: Oh my gosh. Be Like it,
0: cute spiders. It's,
1: it's terrible because they because they'll actually they've actually uh, come down from the ceiling, like they and little webs, and they come down. And I won't notice them. And I'll look up and people in my chat will be freaking out. There's one in front of your face. And I'm like, no, where'd they go? Oh, my word. Not good.
0: All right. So we know when Carrie's going to rage. We have an answer to that question. (laughs) But until everyone has an answer to the question of when will you rage? We'll talk to you again next time.